Welcome to Game Club, the podcast where we play a game with you and then we talk about it. I'm Dan Ryan. I'm the editor of Nonfiction Gaming. I'm Catherine, a screenwriter, and I'm currently in America. I'm Charles, an avid tabletop gamer, currently not in America. And this week we played This War of Mine by 11-Bit Studios. Uh, this War of Mine is a survival game where you don't play as a soldier or even a spy. You're a group of civilians trying to survive in a besieged city. Uh, and as we do on each episode of Game Club, we're going to discuss this War of Mine and go into detail about the game and what we thought of it, and of course what you thought of it as well. So stay tuned for that later in the episode. For now though, we're going to our Nerd Week. So Catherine, what happened in your Nerd Week? Um, so in my nerd week, I had a hankering to play a few more iOS games. Every so often I kind of brush off the old iPad. Um, I played a really cool little game called Slayaway Camp um, that's available on iOS but also on Steam and PC. Uh, it's just a really kind of fun little puzzle game, really clear little chapters, and it's based on kind of old school horror movies. Uh, it's it's kind of you have to go along a board and kill various people along the way and you play as a different serial killer each time. I think it's mostly the aesthetic that's super cool. Like it's it's got like old VHS style and it's as if you're watching it happen. It's just it's I felt really weird playing it on the plane. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't want to be on that plane with you. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> like because it's super graphic. Like it's it's all like little pixelated, um, you know, kind of Lego men almost. But um, you do horrible things to them. So is that a bit of? Is that a bit of sound effects in your background there, Catherine? Some planes? Uh, it's not mine. No, I, no, I don't have any. A lot no, of planes. Uh, that that actually wasn't my plane. <laughs> that was someone else's. Was that you thought you Catherine was doing Foley work? Yeah. Like, oh, I was on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I'm looking at Slayway Camp. It looks excellent. I might have to look into that. Yeah, it's really, it's really fun. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, it's not, the puzzles get harder and harder. It starts out pretty simple. Um, but I think mostly I just really enjoy playing it and feeling like I'm, um, I'm kind of Friday the 13th. <laughs> yeah, that wonderful feeling you get when you murder people. That's cool. Yep. Little Lego men, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Exactly. Lego men, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, yeah, I'm not a fan of iOS games, also because I don't own an Apple product. So not, not, yeah. one, <laughs> not one Apple product. How do you live? Wow. You're pure. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Not even I think an I have iPad. An, I have an iPod, like an old iPod, that but count. that's only to listen to podcasts. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, yeah, well, you have to listen to podcasts on something with pod in it. Like, that's how that works. <laughs> oh, damn. All right, Charles. Okay, so my nerd week, I've, uh, I've decided to go a little deeper uh, and improve myself, and I actually downloaded Unity, uh, which is a game engine development tool kind of thing, uh, and I've decided I'm going to teach myself kind of really simple game development slash coding slash whatever uh, because, you know, that's that's how I roll. So Just in case you weren't nerdy enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What if I turn up to a party and there's a bunch of nerds talking about, like, C-sharp coding, and I'm like, oh, how embarrassing. How embarrassing that you don't know anything or how embarrassing that they're talking about coding? <laughs> no, no, that I wouldn't know anything uh, about it. I couldn't engage them in conversation, but also for them. 
But uh, so that was that, which was exciting. Uh, I've delved deeper with Des- uh, sorry Zelda. I'm going pretty well. I've now got into uh, Ganon's Castle, uh, which is exciting. So I'm just mere hours away from defeating the main boss, which will be a big achievement for me because I can't remember the last time I kind of finished quotation marks a game, noting that I'll never get 100% on this thing, but that's fine. Because yeah. 100% would be like the rest of your life. Yeah, so there's 900 Korok seeds. 900. Uh, currently, I've found like, I don't know, 40 or whatever. Like, <laughs> no one. And there's like 120 shrines. I think I've gone through maybe 30. Like, it's just, I haven't even unlocked the whole map. The thing's ridiculous. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, but I'm sure I'll go back to it. Um, but, I mean, Mario Kart comes out in less than a week. So that's going to be what I jump onto next. So I just want to finish Ganon and destroy him and feel like a Link A man, guy. finally. Yeah, finally. Yeah. Uh, you should do it shirtless. I, sh- I should. <laughs> and record myself. We can put that on the on the YouTube channel. I meant Link shirtless. No one wants to see oh, you shirtless. This is awkward. Uh, both. I can do both. Uh, so that's that's Zelda. Uh, and I've been getting into some Destiny on Tabletop Simulator. More so. Uh, testing out new decks before the new set drops. There's a midnight release coming. I'm just, I'm so pumped. See, that's, um, that's really cool because you and I played Destiny on Tabletop Sim a fair yeah. bit. And I noticed that I have not been invited to play <laughs> Destiny <laughs> in the last couple, so, of, couple of weeks. so awkward. So I'm going to drop it. I'm going to drop a truth bomb here, Dan. I'm uh, I'm testing sets to be tournament competitive, and so I'm. Te- what do you mean? I'm this is how friendships end <laughs> against people that are better than you. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I see how it yeah. is. So, <laughs> Charles so won't actually, be asked back. <laughs> that that leads really nicely into my my bit of the night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Talking about not inviting people to things. <laughs> I uh, I went to a Star Wars marathon uh, over the Easter weekend. Star Wars, which we were not invited to. I didn't even I know like about really, before the pictures. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really glad. I'm really glad I didn't invite you to it. <laughs> I didn't uh, do anything. <laughs> not yet. Well, I wasn't invited True. to America. So, that you know of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we watched uh, all the well, and by watched all the movies, I mean they were there on in the background. There was drinking games, uh, Sith vs Jedi beer pong, uh, and. Wizard staff drinking, so I'm not sure if you, know, you guys have seen the I, whole idea of a wizard staff. You drink I a beer. I taught you about wizard staff, Dan. <laughs> is, that good? Is, that is that a good thing? Are you proud? Yeah, I, I am. <laughs> wizard staff is awesome. <laughs> but these wizard staffs had glow sticks taped up the sides <sighs> of them, so they look like lightsabers. So yeah. I'll, put some, I'll put some uh, pictures in the, in the show notes. I mean, cool uh, is probably the wrong word. Not bad. I'm sticking well. with it. <laughs> <laughs> and like true like true sith um some of the some of the people on the sith team brought re- like they didn't bring aluminium cans of beer they brought almost like stainless steel cans of beer so they obviously cheated oh, <laughs> and uh in true sith style it worked out really well yeah no, that's yeah. fantastic we that should well. we should do our own star wars marathon party catherine and we should not invite without dan, dan. yeah yeah okay i'm up for yeah. that when you get back slay yours I feel like your Star Wars marathon party would just be like the prequels. <laughs> yeah, dressed dressed up as Jar Jar. Just <laughs> me is so racist. I don't know. We could have. We could have a lot of fun. Oh, God. <laughs> I just don't understand how there were so many highly paid people to be part of that film, and then it, like no one saw Jar Jar and went, "There's a problem." Here. <laughs> it makes me really like, happy. No I'm one. really happy with it. I'm okay to let that like, exist just, in the world. I just about. It, every I sometimes forget it, that Jar Jar exists and then see it again, and I'm kind of outraged slash just in awe all over again. 
Yeah. No, I think I think once we once they finally reveal Darth Jar Jar's a thing, I think everyone will be a lot happier. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on, moving on, Beetle. All right. Did you have one more one more thing, Charles? I did. I did. So I want to recap about Catherine's <laughs> Nerd Week from a couple of episodes ago. She talked about a water bottle that tracked her water drinking. Now yeah. Catherine was over here for dinner the other night before she headed <laughs> off to America. And I got a chance to look at a water bottle app and there's two bars. There's a bar that says like, and I looked at them. I'm like, Catherine, is that the bar that says how much you're meant to be drinking? And she's like, yeah. And then I've looked at the bar and I'm like, and is that the one that says how much you have been drinking? And this is tracking over a week and she's gotten pretty sheepish. So I've looked at Catherine's water bottle stats and I swear to swear that some of those days she's drinking like a hundred mils of water. <laughs> And she's trying to justify, like, oh, I was at a cafe and I just didn't track that glass of water. And I'm like, you liar. You're a filthy liar. You drank yeah. coffee and nothing else. I probably did, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, this smart water bottle, like, its main function seems to be shaming me. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, so, so like I, us as well. We all feel Yeah, I just, I just get these app updates like, hey, time to smash it. You just need to drink 1.1 litres to get back on track. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> what and then I, yeah, then I did a test and I gave her like not even a full glass of water, but like a three-quarter glass of water and told her she had to drink it over a 10-minute period. And she really struggled. It was just, it was so much liquid. <laughs> I'm, not, You're a freak. I'm not trained for that. Yeah, so in <laughs> conclusion, the smart water bottle does work really, really well, um, but it is maybe not doing well no it's like i would like it to help me get better but at the moment it is mostly a water bottle of shame <laughs> excellent so it's essentially just the fitness industry in uh, general shaming um, it just shames <laughs> you yeah, into being this is true this is true <laughs> all right well let's go to the next segment in the news uh, i'm going to start off this one uh this week as I've got some pretty cool fun stuff, uh, although Catherine stole one of my news she items. Did. Uh, so I'm going to start with Charles. Do you use an Android product? I do. I have an Android phone. Tell me more. Cool. So um, you may have enabled, you may not. I know it's a big thing in the US uh, where you can say, OK, Google, and your phone will activate and sort of trigger a search. You can voice search. And I know there's Siri and Cortana and things like that. This is someone um, that didn't know how to find the recording <laughs> function on his computer. So I'm well, just gonna... This may shock you, Dean. This may shock you. I do not use voice activation on my phone because I don't know how <laughs> yes. to. But also, but more importantly, because we don't want to teach the machines. Why teach them more? <laughs> They're going to destroy us anyway. Let's not speed up the process. I'm just, I, I actually don't use voice activation because I'm, I've had bad experiences where it's thought I've said, hey, Siri, and I have not said, hey, Siri, and then I've texted someone what I was saying. <laughs> and, like, luckily it was, it was gibberish, but I'm just like, this could have gone badly. This could have gone very badly. So, so you've said, like, hey, Siri, Charles is such a bastard. Like, screw that bastard. He's such a cow. I hate his cooking. He's such a and cow. And then all of a sudden Charles is such, Yeah, I, I really like your insults. <laughs> He's a bastard cow. He's trying to keep it. Keep trying to keep real. that explicit tag until later in the show. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Anyway, back on track for my news. Uh, Burger King, aka Hungry Jacks, for those of us who live in the civilized world, um, ran an ad campaign on YouTube and on phones. Uh, sorry, on YouTube and I believe on on television. A fifteen second ad spot, you know, that play before uh, videos on YouTube, and it's a guy saying, "Hey, we got this new Whopper. It's super delicious and amazing." We don't have enough time to tell you 
all the amazing things about it. So come closer, and he sort of motions the camera closer. And he says, okay, Google, tell me about the new Whopper. And if people are using, yes, if people are using their phone and they were using the speaker and and on YouTube, uh, or if their phone picked up that noise, their phones would automatically start reading back, okay, okay, here's your result. The Whopper is this, blah, 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 blah. And they'd obviously crafted what it should read uh, and and promoted it SEO-wise to sort of get it to that point. People were livid that uh, Burger King was taking essentially taking over their phones for advertising. It's like they're it's a privacy thing. Like a phone is a sacred object. They're all very personal to us, and it's like they're inserting themselves in your phone, but in an awesome way. Penetrating like, your phone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I still think the um the time when people uh non consensually got the new U2 album downloaded to their phone is much worse. Like if I woke up and was like, I'm just going to open up my music app and then suddenly Bono was staring me in the face. Oh, good old Bono. Uh, I just, that that to me feels like a worse invasion of my rights. (laughs) What I think though is, I mean, especially on YouTube, pre-roll ads are annoying enough as it is. You know, those 15 second ones you can't skip if for some reason you don't have YouTube Red or you don't have an yeah. ad blocker. How dare they put ads on my free service that gives me hours and hours <laughs> of entertainment. <laughs> exactly. But you go from Burger King paying for one ad slot and you're like, okay, an ad, whatever. And then all of a sudden it triggers a second ad straight away on your phone, probably minimizes YouTube to do that search if you're searching, <laughs> if you're watching on your phone. Yeah. And so now you're just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's like a virus popping up on your computer, like those ad viruses and whatever, if you're on sites that you probably shouldn't be on. Um, but, but in a clever way, like surely people can respect that it's clever and fun. I think so, someone like myself who's in marketing, I appreciate it and... Yeah, I can, I can see like, wow, that is a, a an amazingly clever thing to do. But you sh- you should have had that conversation with someone and gone, are people going to be pissed off about this? It's um, I mean, the thing is, it's they always balance out the people being pissed off with people talking about it. Like, I mean, surely they knew that the U two album was going to be welcome to a lot of people that got it on their phone. Ah, uh, you too. Um, uh, moving, moving on to I mean, offended I, I, things. Can I? I've got. Oh no! I, I just had a quick point about just, just about point. YouTube. Was it yeah, or just about um. Is it about you too? No. Okay. It's going to be really annoying <laughs> when people <laughs> listen to it. So I hope you're happy. Um, Dan can edit it out. Um, no, my point was I was no, actually I was actually reading about uh, Netflix and, um, you know, the rise of streaming and the rise of it creating its own content and its views, it views its main rival um, as YouTube. It doesn't view it as Amazon Prime or mm. any of the traditional broadcasters. It is like in terms of someone going toe to toe to to Netflix and like the amount of hours that people watch per week and all of that stuff, it, it views its kind of, yeah, service that competes with it as YouTube, which I thought was really interesting because I don't put them in the same category whatsoever. But if you look at hours per week spent watching it, like, you know, that five minute video I watched for something stupid happening is still being watched on YouTube and probably adds up to about the same amount of time I spend on Netflix. So yeah, just kind of, it made YouTube Red make a lot more sense. And um, I suspect we'll be seeing a lot more YouTube original shows, which are already out, but are still very much niche offerings. Um, yeah, I hadn't even heard of YouTube specific shows. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, a, I'm a subscriber to YouTube Red and they, they sort of show that stuff like, oh, hey, because you pay for YouTube, 
you get X amount. You get all these shows that yeah, content I mean, creators can determine only. Let's uh, let's move on to the next uh, bit of bit of news. We're kind of yeah. So we've covered the YouTube Red and and Burger King being being a joke. So. Uh, Charles, now that you've rejoined us, do you have news? Yeah, I do. So staying on the theme of people being offended, there was this uh, article on uh, Kotaku. Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah. I'm being hip and, hip and jiggy with it. Uh, that was essentially talking about game development uh, using Horizon Dawn of Zero-ness uh, as an example. And kind of when you look around in a video game, it renders it and de-renders things behind you to save space, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so this guy did this. And then a bunch of these game devs got on and abused him for it saying uh pretty sure we all knew that like do, does your website and do you not know how video games work and we're just cruel so then polygon picked it up this other article website um and they wrote an article about how the game devs were being mean about this other article and then the person who wrote the original article got offended that they wrote an article about people being mean about his original article and it was just this circle of being offended and it was amazing and it just shows how precious people can be in the gaming industry uh, and I really enjoyed it. Let's not let's not keep that to gaming industry. I think there's preciousness, you know, oh, everywhere. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I think uh, it's just the internet in general. We've got that. What's that race to outrage or circle of outrage or mm. whatever it is? Every 24 hours, there needs to be a new thing to be outraged about, whether it be a Pepsi ad or Trump. Trump or... eating. Talking about <laughs> Trump. Talking about chocolate cake. <laughs> just... Or Burger King ad. Yeah. Or in this case, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, it's, it's kind of an eternal thing, though. Like, you can find, you know, angry letters to the editor written, like, 200 years ago from authors saying, you didn't understand my book. <laughs> like, it, is, <laughs> it is kind of an eternal. People create something, critic interprets it, person creating is like, you're wrong. Like, yeah. It's, um, I also think, though, it's a, I mean, it, it's a problem with nerds. I, I, I'm a nerd and I'm this way as well where we kind of assume that everyone knows what we know. Mm. And so the people who are so inclined to write on comments, write comments on websites, and I'm not really one of those, but are like, well, you know, of course, this everyone knows this. Why don't, you know, why are you writing this as if it's an interesting thing? You know, you should write about more interesting things. And some of those people maybe don't have the empathy to understand <laughs> that the average gaming Joe maybe doesn't know that stuff de-renders when you're not looking at it. Because they've never had, you know, the inclination to even think about that. Mm. Mm. Uh, as as an educator or person who wants to be an educator, I think it's great that we're uh, that people are delving deeper and talking about things. And I mean, no, like method of teaching or whatnot should be you know abused for being too simple because people have to start somewhere. So either way, that was entertaining. But yeah, I just enjoy people getting offended and reading about it. And then he <laughs> went on this giant Twitter rant about how, how dare they write an article about people being mean about his article. Oh, it's just so good. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. yeah, outrage culture is crazy. Um, Catherine. <laughs> uh, so my bit of gaming news, as mentioned, stolen from Dan's, or I guess we both read the same the same sites, is that uh, esports will be a sport at the um, now it wasn't at the Olympics. It was at the uh, Asia Games, and I really? think that's, that's exciting. Excellent. Yeah. That's so cool. What are they? What are they playing? What are they using? Um, I'm not sure. It it kind Catherine of. didn't read. The I did read it. Pool. No, I did. Uh, I've forgotten. <laughs> My memory is not that Please good. Please tell us what they're right, going to well, be Dan using. Can tell. <laughs> the esports that will be demonstrated at the 2018 games include FIFA 17, a MOBA, 
and a real-time strategy game. So League of Legends is going to be the MOBA, and the real-time strategy game, I'm assuming, is StarCraft, but they haven't actually listed it. Yeah, I'd be very surprised yeah. if it wasn't StarCraft, though. Um, although I wonder if it'll be one or two, because I know... It'll be two. But, I mean, they've just re-released one with updated No, things. no, no, no. It'll be, it'll be two. two. They also released number one for free. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just think that's kind of super exciting i know that there has already been talk about you can get visas for being an esport athlete and things now um but i don't think it'll be that long until we see it in the olympics um possibly just as you know those sports where they introduce them once per olympics like they had trampolining for the sydney games i think (laughs) 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 um Uh. but i mean i hope that it would actually be something that would be um a permanent fixture fixture and might shift people's perception of what constitutes sports and kind of, you know, all of the stuff that is a classic e-sport kind of dichotomy when people go, yeah, you're, you know, why is it a sport? And you're like, how is, you know, curling a sport? <laughs> like, how is walking a sport? Um, yeah, I get Well, I mean, walking can be physically straining when it's at an intense but there, pace, there, but curling, curling just. But there are, physical, I mean, there are physical limitations on esports, just like there are with other games of kind of fine skill. <laughs> is it the clicking? Is it the clicking? No, like it's, it's reaction uh, it's times. It's actions per minute, yeah. Charles, APM. Get them up. <laughs> no, there, there was, um, there was uh, a, a player uh, that... I, I don't know. No, there was a player that left his League of Legends team because he damaged his, his wrist and he couldn't play anymore and now he's a coach. Like, <laughs> it, uh, like uh, seriously, how is it any different from, you know, archery or running no, or swimming. No, those are physical things. How, yeah, but I, could I, you is, play okay, it with is, no arms? <laughs> I mean, there's the disabled limits. Do they have archers with no arms? Maybe feet? I, I swear I saw someone. Oh, yeah, probably. Probably. Oh, but my, my point is, it is, it is a thing that requires a certain amount of skill <laughs> and reactions. But is it a physical skill? And is that yeah, what it's about? Like, I mean... I would argue yes. Like I would argue that it's absolutely a sport and that it um I think the the issue for me isn't so much the physical aspect as it is like if you look at say basketball, the rules haven't changed that much in fifty years. Like there are tweaks, but you don't get like, oh my god, we've upgraded the whole court and made it a third of the size bigger and added a player. Like you don't get those kind of changes. Whereas with esports with iterations to games and you know they'll nerf certain characters or they'll they'll change things and so a player that can be amazing at the game one year can find their entire strategy having to change the next um and i think that if anything is slightly more of a challenge to esports being taken seriously as sports don't get me wrong i would much i definitely think esports are a a thing and are certainly more challenging than the mundanity if that's a word of throwing a ball good uh but I just don't know if uh, if it belongs in the Olympics, but I guess we'll see how it goes at the Asia Games, see what reception it gets. That'll be really interesting to watch. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, especially if it if it's not the uh, this article I'm just rereading uh, doesn't specifically state it's going to be League of Legends. Just there is going to be a MOBA, um, depending on. I think League of Legends is the most installed MOBA around the world, but mm. I think Dota Two is one of the most popular in China. So it depends which one which route they go. And I was just looking at the total prize pool for the international, the big Dota tournament, worldwide Dota tournament in 2016 was $20 million. Jeez. Uh, I think that's bigger than some sports here, like some big sports here in Australia. <laughs> with an epic lack of understanding of actual sports. Sure, why not? Let's say, yeah, I don't, I don't I'm, know, I feel like golf people earn a lot of money. Who knows? Who can say? 
Well, especially when it's it, the prize pool would be split amongst the team, which is five, maybe six people. For golf? Uh, Are we still talking about golf? I know that this is a video teams, games Dan. podcast, but I'm, I'm pretty sure like golf a team. player. <laughs> Have I been missing, like, team golf this whole time? <laughs> They've got caddies, right? They've got caddies. I don't think they're on the... T- I'm, I'm the wrong person to be talking about golf. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's one <laughs> this player. This is down okay. a dark route. We don't need to go. <laughs> Okay. Well, let's continue on. Is there any more news before we go to the next segment? Uh, Yeah, I just quickly want to talk about the uh, the thing of things being cool and getting more just you know uh, justification. That's not the word. Great segue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Is Recality. So VR is something that I'm watching really closely uh, and enjoying. And Recality is the new VR game about Rick and Morty. Uh, By the way, if you haven't watched Rick and Morty, you should go and watch that and make that a priority in your life. Um, and yeah, so it was number four on the top games of Steam. And that really excites me that you know, it's out there and people are getting these set VR sets and these games mm. are starting to become a real thing. Yeah, it is so exciting. It's an exciting images, time. It kind of looks like, um, what was that game? Job Simulator, but in the Rick and Morty verse. Yeah, I, guess. Yeah, I was thinking much. that. A simi- really similar kind of um, perspective, I think, was what it kind of seemed to have really similarly anyway well our next segment is the game club game of the week and as we mentioned at the top of the show we played this war of mine rundown of the basics. Uh, this War of Mines is a survival game developed by, or published and developed by 11-bit studios, and it's inspired by the Siege of Sarajevo. Am I pronouncing that right, Charles? History buff? Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, during the Bosnian War, which uh, I've read up, apparently that, that siege lasted like three years or more, um, which is insane because I barely lasted sort of 30 <laughs> days but we'll get to that later in the show yeah uh, the game was released on the 14th of november 2014 and is across playstation 4 android xbox one ios pc mac and linux Ugh. <laughs> good reaction <laughs> just ugh, every time someone says linux i just die a little inside but that's <laughs> so we're going to talk about uh the back of the box description of the game in this segment uh i'll we recap the premise of the game. Catherine, do you want to give us a quick recap of what this War of Mine is all about? Yeah, so it's um, it's basically your uh, you play a group of survivors. Um, you can kind of it's, you, there's this three starting ones that are your first playthrough, and then you can kind of mix it up on later runs. Um, it's a would you say a side scroller or is I mean it's kind of it's two D basically. Um, and yeah, it's kind of, it's a survival game. There's a lot of resource management, um, although it is also split into, I kind of want to say exploration slash combat where every night mm. um, after you've finished, you know, desperately trying to heat your house and get enough food to eat, uh, you then send one person out to kind of scavenge through other bombed out buildings in the surrounding neighborhood. Um, yeah. 
Charles, do you have anything to add to that before we go on to the next segment? Uh, if I did, I'd be starting to talk about my preferences and what I enjoyed and blah, blah, blah. But no, that sounds like that sounds like a pretty good recap. It's kind of like, I guess, half SimCity, half stealth advent, uh, combat game. A little bit of Sim um, Tower Sim in City. there. <laughs> Sim Tower, yeah. Like Sims. Sorry, just Sims. It's like a really dark Sims. Let's put it yeah. that way. It's yeah. like Sims in a war zone. Yeah, yeah, which is amazing. Uh, now, we, we reached out to you, the listener, and asked for your guys' comments on... Uh, and girls, comments on what you thought of this war of mine. So we'll run through that before we get into um, what we thought. In this segment, I like to call Your Opinion Matters. Oh, nice. Mm. So we have a, a message here from Buff Tucker <laughs> over on Reddit. Uh, I, I asked a couple of questions um, specifically to start this discussion. What are some of the parts you enjoy the most? What could be done better? Who's your favorite survivor? Which survivor do you hate? And a moment that impacted you the most. And that could have possible spoilers. So Buff Tucker replied, Party enjoyed knowing exactly how many of what resources I will need to, uh, for the following day to only carry what I'll really use. What could be done better? The drawbacks of not providing coffee and cigarettes is very low. It needed to have higher impact. Overall, the game is very simple and straightforward. Once you figure out what to build, it should be harder or at least provide a hard mode. Uh, his favorite survivor was probably Roman because he was the best fighter to clear the military outpost or brothel. Uh, he hated Katia because it was too easy to abuse the game mechanics. Uh, I think we had trouble with Katia for different reasons. Um, and uh, the most impactful moment for him uh, or her was the moment they realized you don't even have to eat every other day to keep your survivors happy or at least happy enough. You can kind of give yourself out a bit of time. I wish uh, I had have known that. Because uh, I'm there feeding them every day like the greedy little pigs they are. Uh, yeah, I, I knew that. I figured it out. <laughs> cool. I'm just going to read one more comment. Uh, one comment from Wild Target 13 uh, says, The parts you enjoy the most are when you don't understand the game, aka the numbers behind it. Then you become emotionally attached to your characters and feel bad if they get hurt, die, sick, etc. I can definitely agree with that. Uh, the first time one of my characters died, it was devastating because it happens kind of so suddenly and so quickly. Uh, suddenly they're alive and you're scavenging and you're relying on them and it's all going to be fine and it's all going to be great. And then they're just dead. And that night you don't get anything and yeah. people are depressed and it spirals <laughs> out of control. Yeah. Speaking of uh, spiraling out of control uh, and, and surviving, maybe not in a war zone, but if you want to help us, if you want to help prevent <laughs> the game club, podcast from spiraling out of control and me murdering charles <laughs> and catherine murdering charles you can support us on patreon and go to patreon.com slash nft live uh shoot us over uh, five dollars a month you know that's the cost of probably one of catherine's coffees mm. uh, which keeps her up and energized <laughs> and makes her more dehydrated so that she <laughs> no, needs to drink more that's a myth <laughs> we got to realize Yep, sure, Catherine, sure. I didn't realize we had a Patreon. That's exciting. Now, most Patreons involve Snapchat and taking clothes off. Is that something we're offering? or uh, That's something I've put out there that Charles will offer. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm happy for Charles to do that. <laughs> I'm happy for Charles to do that, too. Well, on the Patreon, we do. Uh, I do put up the episodes early, so early copies of the episodes, and uh, we are planning to put some of the outtakes uh, up there for patrons if they're more, you know, because they're obviously the sort of diehard fans who love listening to our, our ramblings. Uh, so a bit more of that, I assume, to reward them for supporting us is kind of on the right track. Uh, so head on over to patreon.com slash NFG live and, uh, and check it out. Now, we're going to move into the next segment. What is good about this game? There's a <laughs> so lot catchy. Of, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Catherine, did you have a better name for this segment? I did not. I did not. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't criticize it. <laughs> Just criticized it for you. Just like boom, attack Catherine. <laughs> like so I didn't good. say a word. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, just what's great? Question mark. Huh? Catchy. What's great? I love it. Say it, cool. say it again, Charles. What's great? Question mark. Do, do, it has do. to be question mark. Oh, question mark. <laughs> what's great? Question mark. Nailed it. Yep. All right. uh, Charles, now I know the first thing you probably really enjoy about this game is that it has the word war in it. I do enjoy that. And only once, though. I mean, it's not really trying, is it? So oh, this war of mine, a war game. <laughs> would have been better yeah game of wars (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so can i talk about what i thought was great yeah 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 so um i really enjoyed how emotionally involved you get with your characters so you start with three and it's you against kind of the the city i guess um and there's i really enjoyed also that there's two aspects to it so you have the the sims element where you're building uh, chairs and work, refining your workshops and cooking and boarding up the house so intruders can't come in. Uh, and then that has a direct input to when you send one person out to scavenge in regards to what tools you can send them with or what stuff you can send them out to trade with. And you you then go out and adventure into the unknown into a bunch of different locations as diverse from, you know, an airport or a brothel or just a house or whatever. Uh, and then you have to make moral choices while you're out there. Uh, so I enjoyed all of those things. And while you're in the house, because um, people would sometimes come yeah. up to your door and ask you for medicine or to come help. or Yeah, and sometimes it's easy. I mean, I had some kids come up and ask me for medicine. I'm like, just don't have any medicine, kids. And I, I was actually trying to make some at the time. I didn't. I legitimately <laughs> sure. had no medicine. Sure. No uh, medicine here. Some, like bandages. They, like... Left. <laughs> <laughs> they left before I could get some together uh, from, from the ingredients that I had. And that was like, oh, that's cold. Whereas most times I try to help. I mean going and helping people board up their house to help their sick mother or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, sure, I'll, uh, I'll send you know, Amelia because she's trash and what else does she do? So I'll send her off to, uh, to go help. So. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I didn't play through many of the different characters because I had a love affair with Marcus. <laughs> he was the only one Marcus. I wanted. So what he, does Marcus do? Marcus can scavenge. Uh, his skill is that he's a really good scavenger and he has like 15 oh, no, slots as, yeah, a pl- yeah. no, as opposed no, to 12. Yeah, now we're talking. I know Marcus. The thing is, I think I probably <laughs> killed Marcus maybe, <laughs> I'm going to say conservatively 10 times. <laughs> okay. and you, didn't, because you had to go back. You didn't just move on. I didn't, I didn't move on because I really wanted like <laughs> losing when I, because when other people died, like when I played with different groups, I'd be like, eh, like, you know, that's just the good cook or whatever. Like they've just got 12 slots anyway. Like it's not a huge loss. But as soon as Marcus died, I was like, I just can't scavenge with anyone else. (laughs) I don't want to, I don't want to live if there's no Marcus. So you just save scummed. Just, uh, yeah, that's fine. I, uh, I also enjoyed how it spirals. So when I when I was playing through, I'd keep going until it, it really reached a point where it was untenable. So it'd end up with two people left and like I'd have had four people die and some new people come in and then die as well. And I ended up with completely different people from the start that are depressed and wounded and freezing. And I'm like, yep. And that's where it ended. <laughs> uh, so that's that's fun. Yeah. So I, enjoy uh, that. I found, and this is sort of stretching a bit uh, in sort of how we played, but... I started, or well, the game I really played through was with Pav, Pavel, Pavle? I don't know, Pavel? fast guy. 
Pavel. Yeah, we have, don't we? Isn't that we, like... We have a friend called Pavel. We have so a friend. This is much worse for like foreign yeah. name. <laughs> I, I do not know this person. Um, no. Yeah, you do. Teacher's brother. No. Matthias, no. you've known him no. like all your life. Okay, anyway. <laughs> just don't worry about it. Yeah. It just doesn't exist to me. It's like, it's like Aloy, just like Aloy. You know, he's got a silly name. I'm not going <laughs> to... Uh, so I had Pavel, Katya, and Bruno. And I think... Um, and then I got joined by, oh, I didn't write it in my notes. I got joined by someone else later, uh, the lawyer. And Amelia, right? She's useless. You didn't even write her down. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> the uh, worst. I was like, what is a, how, how good can a lawyer be in, in a war zone? She wasn't super useful. She only had 10, 10 slots. No, this, so she's dead to Catherine. this ties in yeah. to my theory on why I would be good in the zombie apocalypse, which we've been through. Well, Amelia proves otherwise. No, no, because as long as you have a group of people, you don't have to be good at survival. You just have to be good at talking slash manipulating others. <laughs> <laughs> interesting that's my right. that's long-standing been my theory about why in a zombie apocalypse i wouldn't be fine in like a single person scenario but in a group scenario i could always be the second in command never the leader always the second in command <laughs> well you don't want to be the leader that's no. heavy ways the ground exactly uh i i really enjoyed this game though i i've enjoyed similar games um with survival elements but i think the the combination of not just you need to be hungry and stay well but you need to stay mentally well mm. it was a, was sort of a big aspect because yeah. it got to that point where i was like well i've lost pavel he's, he's the he's the fast running guy I'm, i gotta send katia out uh, she's the next person with 12 slots and she can bargain really well so she's going to be doing all my trading and then got to a point where she died uh oh she killed some people uh some evil people and felt really good about that but that gave me sort of a taste for blood and how easy it was to get <laughs> <laughs> to get materials from killing people, and um, and then so yeah, you know because of, so so she would go and raid the brothel and kill all the kill all the militiamen or whatever, and uh, you know maybe she got a bit too a uh, bit too cocky, you know, flew too close to the sun and um, that, didn't that come didn't come back one night. It wasn't that I disliked it, but um. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't that I disliked it, but um, I did wish that there was the option for survivors to kind of keep what they did while out scavenging secret because it was very much like, you know, you'd kill someone, like hypothetically, there was an elderly couple that just wanted to be left alone. Oh, and I then, murdered them too. Oh, yeah, and, and, I and, felt then they, terrible. and then they catch you stealing and they're like, you kill the old woman and the old man comes in and he's like, ah. <laughs> and there's all these love letters all over the house. Like, I'm so know, happy we like found each other. <laughs> and you're standing there with a knife in your hands and you're covered in blood. And it's like, oh, what have I done? And then you're painting yourself with it. Oh, it's, it's, <sighs> it was a dark time. But my point mm. being that if I was a survivor, I would come back. I'd wipe off the blood. I'd be like, I just found some food. Don't ask how. <laughs> like... Everyone in the house knew when I had horribly murdered someone um, and got <laughs> depressed over it. And it's like, that was like, I, I'd be happy if it was this, the, you know, the mass murderer that was depressed and sad. But I kind of feel like mm. in that scenario, there should be the option of them like unloading onto other people or not unloading. Whereas as it was, every time I stole something, or every time I murdered someone, 
everyone in the house was like, I can't believe we've resorted to stealing those poor people. I'm like, he didn't even tell them. (laughs) Yeah. Might you say that's something that could be improved in our next segment? Uh, It it wasn't so much could be improved because I can see why they did it. Um, Mm. It's more that it was something that uh, took me out of the whole um, kind of recreation of that experience yeah Yeah, but i I think game mechanic wise there's maybe a reason why they did it that way but yeah so it's about consequences and i think that's kind of the the idea of the game what i enjoyed is that it's about facing up to your consequences and and accepting the outcomes of that whether they be good or bad i mean it usually reward you for doing good things but maybe not as much as killing the old people and stealing everything yeah. they had so I just put it out there you have to live with it on the podcast record that i did not kill the old people <laughs> <laughs> they were weak you really should I, I don't think i ever went i don't think i went there i don't think i went to i didn't meet any old people i think the maps are slightly different on every Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yep. So there's, uh, you know, 30 or 35 locations or whatever. Oh, maybe not that many, but let's say 30. And you, it only unlocks about 15 to 20, uh, three yeah. different playthroughs. So you won't see the same ones each time. And we might have very different experiences to each other. I it's, did steal it, a lot from the guy at the garage. So I... Oh, yeah. yeah. And his sick father. Yeah. <laughs> so I gave weak, him medicine. Bed. <laughs> yeah, I gave him medicine yeah, like, too. In trading, though. You didn't give it to him, did you, Catherine? You no, traded I traded. Medicine. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, took advantage of his need. Um, That's what you really did. Wow. I then broke I, uh, into his basement and stole the <laughs> stole the stuff I couldn't afford. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I um uh, got, don't worry. I've forgotten. Oh, I'm I want to come back uh, to you. Okay. Speaking mm-hmm. about going bloodthirsty and stuff, and uh, this ties into a little bit of the next segment, but I'll keep I'll keep this segment clean. Uh Pavel went to the supermarket because he was looking for, you know, scavenging, that's where you go. And did you guys ever go to the supermarket? Yes. I did, yeah. yeah. So there's a there's a pretty big thing there where you come across a choice of there's this guard saying to this lady, hey, if you need food, like, you know what you got to do. And she's sort of like, you know, fuck off. I don't want you anywhere near me. Well, and I did not get to this choice. <laughs> okay. And, and so you're did sitting you? there behind no. this door. Okay. Uh, maybe, you know, because I didn't rush in. I was like, oh, crap, there's a soldier there. He's got a big rifle. Uh, and I was like, well, look, I've got, I've got a hatchet. Maybe I can sneak up on him. And I guess I fumbled uh, or didn't really understand how the combat mechanics worked. <laughs> so when I went up to sort of stab him in the back and because Pavel's super fast, I may have run past him accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like real war. And she, ra- stuff yeah, goes wrong. It. she ran away and got away safe. Pavel got shot and died. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you, so I had a knife on me at that point. Uh, and I managed to sneak up behind him, didn't run past the soldier, and stabbed him in the back and took him out, and then the woman ran away and blah, blah, blah. So, But I guess, you know, we achieved the same thing, kind but of. I achieved it Better. Uh, and didn't die. And then Catherine, of course, just stood at the door and listened. And no, I didn't I didn't even see that interaction, and I went to the supermarket uh-huh. a bunch of times, so... Maybe you were too slow in the first little bit, and it already happened and kind of... Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Possibly. I am... Um, yeah, it reminded me a lot of um, with the kind of depression mechanic of uh, Don't Starve with the madness mechanic, which I mm-hmm. quite enjoyed. I always like that thing where it's acknowledging that survival is more than just about keeping your physical needs going because it's true. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you you can't – humans just don't exist in a vacuum of only needing food and water, <laughs> some water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, their mental health is just as important um, – and yes, I always enjoy a game that kind of acknowledges that in some way. 
Well, when I, I uh, sorry, yeah. uh, when I went back as Katya, I could obviously loot Havel's body, and there was someone there going like, "Oh, hey, did you hear that? Um, you know, a girl was gonna get raped by a soldier, but someone, you know, someone stepped in and saved her." Like, oh wow! I was like, "Oh, that's yeah, really cool. cool. That is cool." And I think later on there was Katya's uh, cold, just saying, "Cool, man." <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool. I'm just here to loot the body. Yeah, I'm just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got some useful shit less, on him. Let's chat more leading. And. <laughs> Later on in the game, I, I came across this house where screaming could be heard. And there was this dude standing outside a cupboard going, hey, you know, you'll have to come out eventually, you know, make it easier on yourself and, and blah, blah, blah. And you saw other dead bodies that had been mutilated. Um, and so I was like, okay, I know how the combat mechanics work now. <laughs> killed this guy and killed killed everyone in the house and, and sort of let the, let the prisoner free. And then Katia was gone from depressed to, I am content. We did the right thing. Um, I feel good about murdering all those people. <laughs> Excellent. But I mean, you put yourself at risk. So what, what I enjoy about the game the most is that it comes down to choices. It's a game that actually makes you make tough choices mm. that have consequences. So, so many games, the choices you give are given are frivolous or meaningless. Or even just Whereas a safe think... game remo- removes yeah. the risk. Like, I'm... Yeah. I hypothetically, right after characters died, tried to quit out of it really quick before it had saved. <laughs> it did not work. It it was you can very... do that on PC. Yeah, see, I tip for players. Um, yeah. Also, I'm not sure how you guys played it, but I actually played it on my iPad, um, yeah. and it was oh. it was really well suited to it. Um, like almost, I think it'd be better suited to an iPad than a computer. Yeah, that, that was the thing. I, I kind of looked at um, both options and everything being able to do do it on touch screen works really mm. well. Um, there was pretty much i mean obviously i haven't played it on a pc but at no stage did i feel like i've played a lot of games that have been ported to ipad in some form and you can tell when they haven't the controls haven't quite worked out mm. um but this felt really smooth and great and i think yeah if i had to choose between this or pc like you know i could play this on the plane i could um which was awful, but I'll get into that. <laughs> um, but it, it, yeah, it, it worked really well in terms of the resource ga- resource gathering and, and the navigation of the level and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can see how on, on a tablet uh, it, it would work really well. I played it on PC with a controller, mm. uh, and while that was quite good, <clears throat> it was uh, there were sometimes issues where they had to be very careful with the control stick, because if I moved it too far, Pavel would start mm. running in front of bullets. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mouse it and touch. Touch it. I think touch is the best way to play it. And how cool that there's a game that this complex and this deep that uh that really suits mobile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, I actually played this mostly, so I played a huge chunk of it uh before I left. But then it was one of the things that I did on the plane, where you know I was trapped in a tin can for fourteen hours, <laughs> and I played probably six or seven hours of it straight. Um, and that was when I went on my Marcus killing <laughs> streak. <laughs> and, Just over and over and over again. And I mean, a lot yeah. of it was, and I think for a player, for a player like me that really struggles with, so I struggle with any game where I feel like I've missed out on a certain choice or a character dying. Um, so a lot of it for me was that kind of the brutality that you guys talked about I'm fine with, but there were moments where I was a bit like, oh, I wish they'd given me a bit more warning. Like that felt brutal, but also really arbitrary. Like the example I'm thinking of is like I'd reached like day 10 and I took Marcus to the brothel 
and I went to trade and I was scavenging in the non-stealing areas and it was all fine. And then I was just exploring the rest of the area and the guy was like, hey, you should leave. And I didn't leave fast enough. Like I was literally moving and then Marcus is dead. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm talking like, well, but that's the thing. I wasn't, there was no kind of clear... This that's, area. That's the premise. Yes. Oh, no, like, I know. Th- that's the premise of the game. And I, know, uh, I like that it doesn't spell those things out because yeah. it, it's trying to emulate war and being a civilian in war, and you don't know the rules. You well, don't but know what's The thing what's is, you kind of, of do, it, compared to a game, like in real life, you know, if you wander into someone's locked room, you do get shot. But I don't know, sometimes it was okay. Like you would be in the supermarket and there would be people in a room and it'd be like, hey, you don't steal my box, but they wouldn't like shoot you for coming into the room. Um, and so I just kind of thought that was the go, like, and then suddenly Marcus was dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's something I enjoyed about it, that it didn't spell things out too much. And I think once you play it enough, you'd understand the mechanics yeah, very fully. That's but the I thing. think when I you're didn't... in that interim where you don't, I think it's more enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I... I just wanted like one warning. That's all I wanted. <laughs> but that, that's the thing. It's not exactly a complaint. It's more of a like, fuck, it was brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just a brutal game. Yeah. yeah I think um, it, but I think it but not particularly hard. Like, oh, I mean, I guess it is hard, but I wouldn't call it, you know, there are games where I feel like I'm almost not a good enough gamer to play. I didn't feel like that. It was just like relentless would be the, the term I would use like it just never stopped crushing you down and you're like oh great I've run out of water again so I can't <laughs> cook a meal tonight so we're gonna have to eat rat like <laughs> yeah I uh, will even though I hated uh I hated Bruno uh obviously he was super useful when it came to cooking because he was just more yeah. efficient at it uh, yeah and <clears throat> I would try and always make the food with the meat and vegetables because yeah, that was could, more efficient yeah because you'd make two food per meat or whatever and I got a rat yeah catching thing yep. which I had plenty of meat um, but fuck I hated his outlook he was just like oh I'm just going to stay home because I'm useless during scavenging oh hey I, I smoked 20 of our cigarettes in a night uh, I know you were <laughs> yeah, saving see, those up to trade them <laughs> that's a thing where I'm just like I that annoyed me that it wasn't like if I could have given the characters the cigarettes and said like hey you're depressed here's some of the cigarettes I've been carefully making Whereas that was a thing where it's like, no, we're using those to trade for food and instead you're feeling sad and you've smoked them all. Like, um, that's life. No, but like, that's what people do. But like, but, in a team, people, people go jacked but I, I guess it, it didn't fit with other mechanics in the game. So there was a stage when I, when they were all super hungry, one of them was like about to die from hunger and I had like eight food in the fridge and it still wasn't the characters going to the fridge and eating it without me making them. Mm. Um, and which clearly they would, whereas the cigarettes was a thing where it was like, without me saying, Hey, like, you know, the character's super sad. So here's a cigarette. They would just start smoking. So like, I think if it was one or the other, like if it was, yeah, when they're hungry, they eat the food and you have no control over it. Fine. Great. Smoke the cigarettes, whatever. But it was kind of, it was inconsistent in how it was implemented, I guess is my, my. I dare say we have fully moved in to things that could be improved. Ah, true. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Let's demark this uh, this uh, this segment. Things that could be done better. Or things that could be improved. Uh, so, Catherine, you you think that some of the mechanics around the coffee and cigarettes potentially could be tracked better? Oh, it just I guess made more consistent. Either you know when you have to eat food, the character goes and eats it without you controlling them, and the same with the coffee and the same with the cigarettes, or they don't do anything unless you 
give them the coffee, give them the cigarettes, give them the food. Like it just yeah, like control. my issue was the inconsistency, I guess. Um, I had no issue with them, you know, smoking cigarettes to feel happier. It was more that them, yeah, it was the difference between the control I had over when they ate, which my characters remained hungry all the time. I only ever fed them every second day um, because I kind of figured out that you didn't have to feed them more often than that. Um, but as soon as I, you know, made cigarettes, it was just, oh, I have to go smoke them all. I'm like, well, I really needed those. <laughs> Maybe because they were hungry, they smoked more cigarettes. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something that I thought could be improved is the modding community. So games like this, I, I guess the, the longevity of the game was limited. Um, but I mean, it's an indie game and you're only paying so much. So take that for what you will. It's, you definitely get your money's worth in the amount of gameplay you get for those first few run-throughs. But once you've done maybe two or three run-throughs and you've kind of understood the mechanic of the game, there's not much there for you. And there is a modding community, but it revolves around either giving you more characters, um, which gets a little weird when there's like the Japanese anime characters. I'm not really sure what that's about. Um, or kind of improving your inventory space or mm. that's really all the, the uh, developers allowed you to mod. So you can't actually go in and mod anything to do with the character's bios or the story itself or locations. So it's quite limited in its modding potential, which I think is just a lost opportunity because, I mean, it could have been ported over by modders to so many cool things like zombie scenarios or different locations or, or just blah, different, blah, blah. Different skins. Yeah, exactly. So that was, uh, I think that's a bit of a missed opportunity that could have really kept the game going for a long time. Yeah, I noticed that as well. I mean, I looked at the Steam Workshop a little bit and there's, oh, Unbreakable Tools or here his, you can get Carl from The Walking Dead. But it is just so, most of it's sort of cosmetic or, oh, yeah, you get more items in your base or, yeah, you have more inventory slots. There, as you said, there needs to be more options. I know the DLC adds children, which is interesting. Yeah, there's a bunch of DLC, I think, with extra characters and blah, I would, blah, blah. I'd like to see a child, like, you know, scavenging through buildings and shooting shooting guards. <laughs> yeah, it adds yep. a whole other level of darkness yep. to it. Uh, I'd enjoy that, what children. kids have to do in war. I wouldn't and also, to yeah. keep the kids happy, apparently you need to repair those toys that you find. Yep. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, those teddy cool. bears that you find around. But kids yep. playing makes other people happy. So, it yeah, it adds this yep. whole other element, yeah, apparently. Nice. Um, I, I, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, go ahead, no. I just, it, it was a really tiny thing, but I guess, um, one thing I felt it lacked was, cause it was a little bit like the Sims, like you did really kind of, I took pride in like improving the house and putting the boards up and, you know, getting the little stove with the armchair next to it. And it really, really annoyed me that you couldn't move stuff. Um, you could break some things down if you had the hatchet, mm. but the fact that like, once I'd placed an armchair, I couldn't move it without destroying it. Or once I'd placed a bed, um, it just felt like there were little tweaks that would have made that slight, you know, home design element of so many games that is well, really satisfying. We're obviously vaulting it into the ground so no one can steal it. No, yeah. like, so no one steals your chair. But, I mean, it just it didn't feel <laughs> realistic. And like, if you can place the object, you should be able to move it. And that really, like, there were I restarted the game a few times because I wasn't happy with where I placed my water um collector rain <laughs> that things. That says 
That says a lot about you but, rather than the game. Well, because like you have to you have to have them right near the door, so as soon as the scavenger comes in, they can start their four hour cycle. Like no, no you don't. Yes, you do. You really don't. Yes, you do. No, I had mine. My location for the water filter was up the stairs the entire time, just yeah. at the top of the stairs there. Yeah, that's mine was in the basement with the moonshine. Still. I thought stairs. I thought uh, <laughs> stairs took you ages to get up, Charles. Yeah, only if I'm an octopus. There are no octopus in this game. Although maybe there's a mod out there who made an octopus. I would watch an animal It takes an extra three seconds to run up the stairs. Just run up the stairs, Catherine. Uh, I mean, also every house is different when you have different different groups. Um, Mm. But, you know, I guess it's just I felt like it was – it would have been a pretty small fix, like being able to move stuff, definitely, but also just in general that little bit of extra kind of house design aspect – would have made me enjoy it a little bit more because it obviously isn't the focus of the game, but it I was really satisfied as I was building stuff and collecting it and then like making new things for my for my house and my characters, and then got really really stressed whenever I had to place it down because I'm like, what if this ends up being not the most efficient room? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. did, yeah, there we go. Did you guys have to play through winter at all? I yes. did not get to winter. Yeah, winter is harsh. Yeah. I mean, this this is muddying the could-be-improved section because I really enjoyed winter in the sense that I had plenty of food and plenty of bandages and, uh, you know, I was very self-sufficient in that way. I just did not have enough fuel. Yeah. And uh, I could not keep people warm. And and the, um, the, the scavenging aspect where um, getting wood took up all of these slots and you never had enough and you never had enough components and wood... And, like, I learned my best friend was that trader that comes to the front door. Yep. Because he would walk away with bandages and leave all his wooden all components. All wooden behind. components because it just took up so much space when I was out scavenging, but it was what I needed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, then, obviously, the inventory mod is there to increase that a little, but it, then it takes away from the oppression yeah. of the game. I mean, yeah. the idea is you don't have enough. That's the point. And, and I super so, liked that, you know, because, yeah. I mean, that thing where you've got a character with, like, 500 slots and they're carrying, like, four suits of armour and things, like, it was very much, no, like, this is how much wood you can carry because it's, you know, they're kind of four by four things of wood or whatever. I don't understand wood. But two by four? <laughs> yeah, two by four, sure. Um, so him being able to carry thousands of them doesn't make any sense. Like, Yeah, the, uh, the, the trader guy that comes every now and then is really helpful, especially with Katia, because she would get better deals until... <laughs> I lost Katia uh, after her blood rage subsided in death, <laughs> but I found that he really liked buying guns that I got off dead bodies that may have appeared around Katia while she was hypothetically. <laughs> yeah, loves his guns. Did you guys get to the end uh, and see like sort of a breakdown of everything you did on each day? No. <laughs> no. So I did not once finish the game. Uh, I was so. I did my original story and I got to like day 26 and everyone was depressed and died. Uh, and then I started another run through and you can actually go in and make your own story, which then gives you the option to make things a little easier. Like I just put the difficulty level down to moderate in regards to the, I guess the rating that was going on and blah, blah, blah. And after having done such a brutal run through the easier one almost felt a little empty. Uh, yeah. and I was a little despondent. Mm. So I then just started trying to kill lots of people <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> as you do, uh, and turned, into abandon and it got really dark so i never actually finished the game uh and yet still really enjoyed it so yeah i mean that says a lot for it i don't think finishing a game is a mark of how much you've enjoyed it like but yes tell us dan tell us what happens when you finish it because i I was reading on the wiki briefly and and saw that it gives you a breakdown of what happened to each person and blah 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 
yeah, sort of uh, gives you like a scrolling almost credits of these Polaroids and sort of day five helping each other. You know, day five, you helped get a man medication for his father. So I think that was the, the traitor dude. Day eight, Pavel died. <laughs> <laughs> day eight. Oh. Day 12, tough decision. Katia robbed someone, taking almost everything they had. Uh, day 14, one of our neighbors asked us to help him rob some rich family, and we did that. <laughs> nice. And it sort of goes through. Uh, day 23, Katia took other people's supplies. Day 28, Katia died. <laughs> um, day 38, I helped people who were buried alive. And day 42, ceasefire. And then it sort of gives you the survivors and sort of what they did after the war. Um, so after the ceasefire, Bruno set off looking for his friends and blah, 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 blah. After the war, Amelia became a public prosecutor, did all this stuff, and then sadly, Pavel died. Will his family come back to Porygon to visit his grave one day? Or would it be too painful? A reminder of what they had gone through. Do the dead even care? And he's like, oh, shit. Jeez. <laughs> Grim. <laughs> um, and Katia never found her parents, but they did find her grave one day when, uh, with her war diary buried alongside. They Jesus. published it without any alterations. It became a bestseller. <laughs> well, I mean, at least she was useful. Yeah. In some way, yeah. yeah. Day four, I bargained it. really well today. Day five, another good day of bargaining. <laughs> Diary. Diary. they didn't let me sleep i was just bargaining always bargaining yeah. day 12 the bargaining has driven me mad time to murder <laughs> all i see is components and bandages yeah. people no longer have meaning for me maybe i am a component <laughs> well yeah. this Excellent. this leads us into our next segment uh favorite characters marcus <laughs> <laughs> So is Catherine now looking for a mod where Marcus takes his shirt off? <laughs> and it's just, just three Marcuses. I just I was just about to say I'd play a mod where it was three Marcuses, just Marcuses going around the house scavenging and cooking and <laughs> doing laundry. Yeah. Shirtless. Um Yeah, no, I just it was so much more efficient being able to scavenge more things with him. Like definitely my favorite character. <laughs> See I did like that, but I and that's why I didn't restart after Pavel died. I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try and push through because that's what you'd have to do, right? Uh, well, you know, in this, in this, in war, uh, you, if something goes wrong, you kind of have to adapt, mm. and that's what the game is trying to teach you. Or is one of the messages of the game, I, I reckon. So it became, oh shit, Katia's not as good as, at running around, but she's going to have to lift that weight, and she's going to have to scavenge and do all the trading. Yeah, mm. and that puts like a huge burden on her. And she became my favorite because of that, because I could get really good deals with her. And, uh, and you know, she was pretty efficient at killing people while it lasted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they do grow on you in the situations you put on, I guess, which is really cool. So my favorite was Bruno, which I hear is a controversial choice. <laughs> oh, I hate Bruno. <laughs> I just like the idea of such someone a, being great at cooking. So such I, a fucking I treated sad him. Sack. Yeah, but well, I didn't go around murdering everybody. So yeah. at least not at first, not yeah. in my original run through. So he was my favorite because I'd treat him like this little this little princess, this gem that, you know, he'd never go out scavenging. He'd get to sleep in the bed every night and then he'd be fresh to cook us a nice breakfast <laughs> in the morning. And that was nice. So uh, did... your, your house sounds like a palace compared to mine. Mine were hungry. <laughs> I realized that before winter hit, I didn't need to give them a stove. So they were just like, it's cold in here. <laughs> I'm like, you're not dying, so no stove for you. Oh, not stove, no heater for you. No heater. They get yeah. sick, though. They get sick if no, you No, not, if, it, not if it remains above us. Like, but the thing is, you don't need it for ages. Like, yeah, on sure. the first well, run through, I built it on day one. Yeah, but. winter hits at different points. 
yeah, but yeah. my point is until winter hits, they're uncomfortable, but they're not like in danger. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Bruno was super useful. Obviously, the cooking was super useful. I think he also got better ratios when making moonshine. Yeah, he uh, does. And working in, I think, the oh, maybe not the herbal one, but maybe the distillery, different areas. There is a character too. I think it's Marin or Marin. Uh, and he's better at making things. So he uses less wooden components, which would be super useful. That but would be very actually, useful. Yeah, right. So but every time every time I'd get Bruno to talk to Cartier and try and talk her off a ledge <laughs> uh, because she's just done these horrible things. <laughs> He'd just, he'd just be like, oh, hey, you need to harden up. <laughs> just, like, you're just super not empathetic. And whenever I'd read his little bio thing, you know, had to come up with a new message because something's happening. He's like, oh, you know, Pavel died. Like, I'm really glad it wasn't me. <laughs> nice. One of the many reasons I like Bruno. Let's not turn this into a Bruno witch hunt. I mean, he had some flaws, but made a mean pasta. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it really the idea of favorite characters really ties in with one of the strengths of this game, which is that um, it really does make you think about what it's like to live in a city that's actively at war and under siege. And I mean, of course there's lots of parallels with Syria today and things like that. Mm, and, yep. it, um, and it was part of what I think is the best of video games, which is um, helping you not, not just like in a book where you read and experience someone's, you know, internal thoughts, it kind of, by making you make active choices, it makes you think about, well, what would I do if I was living with, you know, a group of survivors in a city and I knew that there was a rich couple next door that had <laughs> things that I needed to live? Like, mm. I would rob them in a second and eat their dog. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and just like any good video game, um, or not any good video game, but it's um one of the arguments for video games is art, I think, is games like this that make you consider experiences outside of your normal everyday life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I, I mean, I, I liked Katya because she was super useful after Pavel died, but also I, I like to play the charismatic character in a lot of RPGs and not having to scavenge and kill people for quite a while until about day 20. Uh, <laughs> and, and going, you know what? I can make things and I can go sell these things and try and get the things that I need. Like, oh, I've got I've got spare bandages. Everyone loves bandages. I'm going to go trade that in for a bunch of food and and whatever. Um, and by the end, I think I had uh, an upgraded uh, medicine workshop, uh, and I had all the, you know I had the reinforced door put in. I had up I upgraded. I had a what is it that turns moonshine into distillery. Yeah, the distillery yeah. turns moonshine into pure alcohol so I could yep. make bandages and I could make medicine and I was just going around trading for stuff I actually needed, um, which I thought was a cool way to play the game. Like, you don't have to go killing until uh, eventually I decided <laughs> to go killing. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely different ways to play, uh, which is really... And you, you can be a stealth game as well. Like, you can rob people without having to kill them, which is really cool. <laughs> well, unless, of course, you simply enjoy the feel of their blood running over your hands. It's also, Marco wants like, Marco honestly, gets. Yeah. Honestly, with the stealth game, like, um, on one of... Marcus's, Marco's deaths <laughs> it was many I went to Sniper Corner and was like I'm just going to see if I can sneak rep dead <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean that's the thing I think you can play it as a stealth game but maybe only on your second or third playthrough like mm. once you're used um, to it and good at yep. it yeah yeah. I just realized this this part uh, this comment should actually go into the thing I didn't enjoy about the PC game um, 
So I was talking about the janky controls when it came to combat. Yeah. Uh, a, they weren't, I don't think they were suitably sort of reinforced what combat was. And because you don't really get into combat until much later in the game, um, one of the reasons Pavel and then later on Katia died was she, I just killed someone, you know, from hiding in a in a cupboard or, or doing, you know, in the darkened area. Stealth killed that guy, that was fine. And then there were two guys who were kind of searching the house looking for me. And the one that ran past was not the one she was targeting mm. when I pulled the trigger to, to axe him in the hatchet him in the head. And I couldn't, I was trying to press left and right on the D-pad and trying to change the orange marker to him. <laughs> but I thought, oh, okay, maybe it'll just be smart enough to, to do that because it didn't seem to be changing. And she ran out of hiding, ran past the guy who I was trying to stealth kill, who had the symbol of stealth kill, and ran at the, the guy, like, down the stairs <laughs> on another floor and just got mowed down. And I was just like, ah, Yeah, fuck. I mean, well, I, I think the playing. combat like, system, yeah, it was it was a little bit clunky and clearly wasn't the focus of the game. Like, I, yeah, I was definitely. stressed out by whenever I was in combat, but part of it was the stress of, yeah, like, kind of going, I don't know... Like when I die, I die pretty quick. Like, um, but I, then I think when it I... was really good because it was the idea that they're untrained civilians. Like, they're not meant to be good at combat. Uh, yeah, but there's situation. a difference between it being, you know, when you stab, not much happens versus like, as Dan you said, like trying to target one, one, yeah, okay. one enemy and hitting the other instead. Like, yeah. There okay. were also weird things where I th I got her behind cover to shoot at the guy, mm. shoot at the guy and or killed him after a bit of a firefight and that was fine but I couldn't swap to the other side of that cover when people came up behind me mm. I'd get out of cover and then I'd go to get back in the cover on the other side and it would put me with my back to my enemy I'm just yeah, like ah cool. yeah, just that's, clunky that could be a great. controller issue as well I don't think it could be controllers yeah I didn't have that one. problem yeah there we go very good alright well, uh, moving moving along, Charles, did you end up putting together a quiz? I did put together a bit of a quiz. So we're going to try this out. And if people don't enjoy it, we, we won't do it again. But I thought we'd do a bit of a quiz. Catherine versus Dan. Uh, in, I've got three questions with some bonus points at the end. Uh, and I thought you might give it a shot and see how we go. So yeah. question one. This will, of course, prove who is the better gamer. Uh, and no. the person who... No. <laughs> And the person who does not win will be called a game poster, uh, which is the title that I made up. Sexist. Sexist. <laughs> so, first question. Question one. Which is not a location? Quiet house, ruined block of flats, or apartment building? Ruined, ruined block, block of flats. flats. You're both wrong. Oh, right. oh, it was apartment true. building. Its actual name is small apartment building. <laughs> <laughs> Charles is a so game master. All right, all right. Yeah. All right. Question all right. one, both of you failed hard. Uh, it's not like you don't have to answer as quickly as possible, by the way. That's, that's not how the quiz works. Totally question, <laughs> question two, how do you make... No, wait. No, we've skipped that one. Question two, which character gives the least shits about people being killed? I will accept two answers for this question. Uh, I will say Amelia. Catherine? I will say Marcus. <laughs> and um, uh, no, what... there's no and. You've said Marcus. No, no, no you Dan said two. Gets... No, you said no, you'd no, no. accept two. As in two different answers, but only one. What? 
I feel in that two was characters. very clear. No. Yeah, no, no, as in there's two that you could have answered. Marcus was not one of those two. Oh, I see. no, I thought you meant two people because I was going to say the military one, the one that had high military skill set. What's his that... name? What's his name, Kevin? Oh. Dan Wins. Oh. His name is Dan Wins. Oh. Oh. It's a military character. Yeah, I'll take no, Dan Wins. That's not his official name. Dan Wins with Amelia. She is Dan a on cold... What She's is his a stone name? Cold killer. His name uh, Roman. He's the guy. Was was that of. the other one? Yep. Cool. See, I I'll kind you, of. I'll give you a half point, Gavin. Yeah. I'll give you a half point. Cool. All right. Dan's <laughs> on one. Gavin's on half. Ooh, tense. All right. Question three. Final question with some bonus points afterwards. <laughs> what is the quote at the start of the game, Dan? Uh, Dan. Dan's just not, not answering. Everyone. Uh, not everyone in war is a soldier. Nope. Uh, no, Gavin. it's it's like um, war makes dogs of all men, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> There's dog and war in there. I war makes dogs of us all. No, both wrong. Nope. The quote is: In dog- modern war, you will die like a dog for no good reason. See, ah! war and dog, war and dog. So I'm going to was... give Gavin half a point yep. for that one. So you both on one point. Dog and war. <laughs> it's a war dog. All right, now for the bonus Dogs points, of war, which you plain city <laughs> for the bonus points, which you desperately need. Who was that quote by? Hemingway. Catherine, I'll give you the chance. Ah, oh, very good. Oh, uh, literary person. <laughs> two points for Catherine, one point for Dan, and for a bit of a history spin for the last bonus point. What war was Hemingway talking about with that quote? Uh, the uh, eighteen eighties war. Nope. Incorrect. No, no, no. As in, I'm, I'm trying to think of when he lived and then think about the relevant wars. World okay, War One. Yeah. World War One. Nope. Incorrect. Okay. Dan, do you want to have a shot? Um. <laughs> this is for two bonus points, Dan, to put you ahead. <laughs> That's not fair. Uh, I'm obviously I'm trying. Just guess of war, Dan. Vietnam. Uh, <laughs> the Mongolian War. Nailed it. Dan wins. No, it was not the Mongolian War. It was the Spanish Civil War. People, we were on, never we going to get that, Charles. <laughs> There we go. So Catherine takes it in a oh. controversial Who's the game poster now? It's Dan. Dan is officially a game poster. And that was This War of Mine quiz. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it was yeah, good. Excellent. I liked it because I won. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine was devious on whether it was going to be good. Yeah. Did enjoy it. Yeah, it was. Well, there excellent. you go. All right. Well, we are running uh, a bit long, so we'll move into the next segment. Game recommendations. Uh, uh, I wanted to recommend a couple of games... Uh, I think we've mentioned them in passing earlier. I would recommend Don't Starve. Yeah, uh, good love the same mechanics. Yep. Catherine mentioned it as well mm. with uh, uh, you have to eat food, but not just any food. You have to eat cooked food or else you start getting really depressed uh, or your, your sanity goes down and then the shadows literally come to life mm. and kill you. Um, and winter is a bitch in that game, <laughs> yeah. uh, from what I remember. Yeah. And if you don't want to play alone, Don't Starve Together is really fun mm. uh, playing with, with We people. played that for a while and it was it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would also say FTL for a different kind of reason, the whole survival, uh, but you're in a fixed, you're, you're in a little location, like you're in your ship and you're upgrading it over time. Um, yeah. Very different sort of themes behind the games though, but I feel like if you'd like this War of Mine, you may like FTL. We might uh, play uh, FTL as a future future game club game, actually. Yeah, yeah. I reckon it could fit in there. And then my third one, which I haven't actually played, but I've just read a lot on and watched a lot on, is Spec Ops The Line, um, which is a very different mechanically. It's obviously, it's a shooter, but it delves into how fucked up war is and sort of the uh, makes the player think about 
perceptions during war. So you're a soldier, but as the game progresses, you start realizing sort of these horrible atrocities that you're that you're causing and that war creates. Uh, and I feel that it's trying to tap into a very similar thing that this war of mine is tapping into, trying to say like, hey, it's not all Call of Duty and Tom mm. Clancy. There's some really horrible shit that happens in war. Mm. How can we, you know, open your eyes to that a little bit? Yeah. Mm. Very good. Catherine, cool. your recommendations? Uh, mine are kind of slightly more based on the, um, I guess, game perspective. So that 2D kind of side-scrolling uh, or, or side perspective um, style game. So I think Fallout Shelter is, it's not so much survival based, but definitely that resource management, um, one single area where you build and improve stuff. Um, and then an old classic, which I used to play a lot of, which was um, Sim Tower. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that was a thing that really surprised me with this game. Like when I was reading description of, descriptions of it before we started playing, I was like, okay, like, and, and then once I started it up, I was like, I did not expect this to be um, like a singular house from that that sideways perspective. And, um, yeah, so I, I think it actually reminded me the most of Fallout Shelter, weirdly. Cool. Love that game. Yeah, great game. It is wonderful. Uh, by the way, Fallout, they're doing a Fallout miniatures game, just saying, announced the other day. <clears throat> I had to get a bit of miniatures news in there somewhere. Did you? <laughs> I did. So the game I'm going to recommend is called Gunpoint. Uh, so I've focused a bit more on the stealth mechanic um, and the sneak through little mini games, I guess, that you play in War of Mine. Uh, so Gunpoint is a stealth game where you're kind of a detective, I guess, kind of person. Um, but it's got a bit of a story as you go along as well. And it's got really good, just the stealth mechanics are really, really sharp. Uh, and it's, I think it's a mobile game as well. Uh, and quite simple, but very clever. Cool. Excellent. Well, we'll put those games in the show notes and potentially put some links to them as well. Uh, and seeing how... So if you if you liked this war of mine, if you felt that, oh, you know, I kind of enjoyed these themes or you just listened to us talking about it, uh, that's that seems like my kind of game. You can check out our game recommendations there. Um, final thoughts on this war of mine. Would you recommend it? Uh, yes, I would. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it at full price. Um, although I don't know, it's, it's, so I bought it for 20 bucks, I think, um, cause there wasn't a deal on the iPad version. Um, I think it was worth it, but it, I got a lot of solid gameplay on it at it on the plane <laughs> when I was trapped. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, that's just more something to be, it was slightly higher than I would normally pay for an iOS game. Um, but I did really enjoy it. I, I loved the kind of darkness and the grittiness of it. It's actually one of those games where, um, when they talk about kind of alternate teaching things, um, if you know you were teaching about the Bosnian War and then you wanted to get your class to really engage, um, I would yeah. possibly—I mean, maybe for older students—but um, I think that I—I I would definitely highly recommend it, even as just um, uh, one of the things where you can say where you can point to it and say games are like art. Yeah, 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 okay, cool. Uh, I thought that's where you're going, but then everything went eerily silent yeah, and creepy. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I would certainly recommend it. Um, I think I got it for like four bucks or whatever on some sale on some dodgy site. Yeah, we linked, uh, uh, we linked to a sale on the uh, yeah, yeah, on Humble Store, I think. Yeah, wonderful. So I, I think it's just a wonderful game that makes you make hard choices, uh, and I don't think there's enough games out there like that. Uh, and this one really challenges you uh, on both a technical front um, in working out what you need to build and blah, 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 but also on a, on a moral front. 
uh, or an ethical front, which I think is fantastic. So yes, I would recommend it. It's a it's a game you should play. I would definitely recommend this game uh, to certain kinds of gamers, uh, especially ones who can see gamers art and see games that are trying to put a message and aren't upset by that fact. You know, there are some people that you know don't like a game to get all high and mighty on you, but <laughs> this one certainly has a lot of stuff that could lend itself. I also want to try out the DLC. Just adding the the children and more more stuff in, I think, would mm. make it really interesting. The little ones DLC, mm. and just recently, Eleven Bit Studios has announced their next game called Frostpunk, and it seems to have a similar kind of bent where you're a city out in the frozen. The world is frozen, kind of like that um that train movie. You have to expand the city by melting the ice and bringing in new survivors but also in doing that you have to make sure you have plenty of supplies and things like that so it's a very similar kind of thing but on a city building scale as opposed to like a a house building scale so just based on the goodwill that they've created with this war of mine and me playing it and enjoying it i'm going to be keeping an eye on that one uh so i'm going as far so far as to not just recommend this game but recommend keeping an eye on 11 bit studios and seeing what else they come up with very good nice Okay, so we'll go into the wrap-up. Now, the wrap-up, we talk about the next game that we're playing on Game Club. Charles, you're very excited about this game. I'm so excited. So I've seen this for ages, and this was, on the when it came out, uh, on the Steam top sellers list for like six or eight weeks. Uh, it's had critical acclaim. It's gone in different areas and done things that have never been done before. It is Goat Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> why why are you laughing, guys? I'm very excited. No, I'm, I'm genuinely super excited. Yeah, the plight of the goat will be explored. <laughs> and at the time of recording, there is actually a sale on to get Goat Simulator for two dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've already got it. I'm Goat Simulated up. Excellent. Now, the week after that, we are going to play a Telltale game. We have a poll up on the nonfictiongaming.com website, so you can go vote there on if you think we should be playing the Batman Telltale game, the Game of Thrones game, Wolf Among Us, Guardians of the Galaxy, or The Walking Dead. Charles, can you tell me where the votes are at at the moment? Uh, oh, I can't. I hear Batman's winning. I, I don't have it open, but unfortunately, Batman's winning. Uh, Batman's really winning. Please save Guardians me from playing Batman. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy should be winning. I mean, you know, everyone loves Batman, but I mean, you can only be so dark and so moody for so long uh, until you cease to care. I mean, that's a lot of leather, people. Yeah. Is it leather? Does he wear leather? It's probably leather. Pleather. Finally. Ugh. Ugh. Gets okay. so chafy. <laughs> and, uh,. One other announcement, which I think is, is pretty fitting for the end of the episode, uh, something else exciting has happened. Charles tweeted for the first I time in a did. long time. I didn't, like, do my own tweet, but I think I replied to your tweet. Yeah, and where can people find you on Twitter, Charles? At Charles Bryce. And Catherine, while you're in the US, where can people tweet at you? Same, same place, uh, at CS <laughs> McMullen. You don't have a US-specific tweet? <laughs> no, I don't change it whenever I change countries, <laughs> unlike okay. my Netflix and Amazon account. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at NFG Dan, and if you tweet with the hashtag GameClubCast, uh, we'll see those tweets and we'll be able to read them out on future shows like we did with the comments that came through the Reddit from comments. Reddit. Yeah, it's yeah. happening. We're gaining legitimacy. Uh, uh, there was one other thing I wanted to touch on before we leave. If you could, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you enjoy it, uh, you should write us a review. Uh, we have a new review on iTunes, a five-star review from Jonesy underscore 11 that says, I'm really enjoying this podcast. Charles rants from always good fun. As the podcast is seeming to cover more than just gaming, but all things geeky, perhaps including commentary on the latest TV series people are into as well. 
I'd be interested in Catherine's opinion on 13 Reasons Why, for example, if you guys are into Netflix binges. Honestly, keep it up, guys. It's quite, actually quite entertaining. So thanks, Joe. <laughs> Lovely, for actually. That, for that review. <laughs> <laughs> Never saw it coming. Yeah. Well, maybe we can uh, maybe we can make a future episode about uh, some sort of Netflix binge TV show that uh, that Catherine's really a, into. A game where you have to stop watching Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> a real <laughs> real life game yeah. every night. All right, fantastic. Great. That, that's going to be it from us, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe, share it with a friend if you like it, and uh, we'll catch you in two weeks' time with Go to Simulator. See you all then. Bye.